This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Folks, I want you to know that you're in for a treat this morning because we're going to find out one of the most important things in Scripture in a new way. And that's what I'm excited about this morning. One thing I was chatting with Pastor Bob when he asked me to preach today. First of all, I was so honored that he asked me, thank you, Pastor, and... and uh, when I was talking to him, he said, Zach, you can have three hours if you'd like, three hours. But I said, that's okay, Pastor Bob, I just need 25, 30 minutes. So um, he, he agreed with that and said it was a good thing. But in that spirit, a lot of people must know, if you've been in my small groups, you know, I can go on and on and on, but that's not going to happen today. So I have my lovely wife, Angie's right here, and she's going to make sure that I stay on track. And I got the time right back there, so we're going uh, to catch it, we're going to catch the vision and get done on time. How does that sound? Right. Well, before we go in, as, as Sean has already said, uh, we are having our small group rally day. So please, 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 if you get one thing out of everything I say today, please know that we want you to be part of small groups. And uh, with that, let's watch the first video. Are you tired of small groups always getting into your business, trying to get you to share your feelings, discuss your past, confess your sins? Are you just looking for a place to kick it, network, maybe get some free grub? Me too. That's why I created what I believe to be the world's first openly shallow small group. We're not here to deal with messy stuff like feelings and emotions. You got problems? You deal with that. You're an adult. Life ain't easy. So stop the pity party. We all have our issues. We don't really want to do life together. Frankly, at shallow small group, we try not to do much of anything at all. You'll never hear us use the term, unpack that thought. We're sure it's packed away for a really good reason. And you'll never hear us use the term accountability unless you're talking about someone who deals with numbers. Hey dude, thanks for doing my taxes. You have great accountability. And spiritual growth? Who wants growth? I had a growth removed last week. It wasn't pleasant. There's no pressure here to remember each other's name. What's going on, buddy? Oh, hey man, how's it going? Oh, dude. Captain, what's going on? We know you have a name, and that's the important thing. Group discussion? You got tickets to the big game? Sweet. Let's spend some time on that. Oh, you and your wife are struggling financially? There's tension in the relationship? Uh, that's not really the vibe we're going for. We avoid conflict like the plague. Who wants cake? Come on again! And there will never, ever be an awkward silence. That's our guarantee to you. We hate bad theology as much as the next guy, and we know the surest way to prevent bad theology is to avoid theology altogether. And outreach? This is the only outreach you'll ever have to do. Some people say we're superficial, but hey, the word supers and superficial. I mean, who doesn't want to be super? Shallow small group, because when things get too deep, people drown. Won't you join us? I thought that was a lot of fun. So, uh, no, that is not how we run small groups at this church. Just want to be, be very clear on that. I brought Angie, my wife Angie, up here today because uh, we, we have very much been impacted by a ministry named Derek Prince Ministries. And what uh, Brother Derek used to do before he would preach is he would give a proclamation. And to tell you what that means is proclamation is confession, confessing the word made forceful. It's a weapon we have in our tool with spiritual warfare. So when we, when we speak forth this proclamation, if y'all will just agree with us, I believe it's going to set the atmosphere and the whole tone for today. Are you ready, sweetheart? All right. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Let's give Angie a hand. Thank you, sweetheart. Can't do it without you. So today the theme is fellowship. We're going to get a little theology in here, unlike the video said. So it's important because, guess what, why do you come to church? Have you ever asked yourself that? What's the reason why you come? Do you come for the, the getting together of the saints, to, to introduce yourself to somebody new, to drop your kids off at the nursery and thank God have a few hours where you don't have to uh, be changing poopy diapers and things of that nature? Is it because you want to hear an amazing preaching lecture? Is that, is that awesome? Is it because of the music? Because Pastor Rob does such a great job with music. It's all of those things, right? 
But even more, there's something even more important to coming together. And that's what I hope you see today. So if you would, if you have your Bibles today, your phones, your laptops, your tablets, whatever you use, uh, let's look into uh, 1 Corinthians 1.9. The gospel is an invitation to enter into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why we go to church, folks. Those other things are great things, but that's the reason, is so that we can enter into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to be real clear about something here. Notice it says entering into the fellowship. That means that there's an end here. There's a reason. There's a point to this whole deal. If we come together and we just want to listen to a great message or just listen to good music, well, the world does that. They do that on the weekends. Every weekend they turn on the TV. They can listen to a motivational speaker. No, no. What we're doing, what I'm doing this morning, if you don't feel a great passion inside to get to know Jesus even more, then guess what? I haven't quite gotten to the point. Because everything I say, everything we do together in this house should drive us to our knees into fellowship with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the only reason why we should be gathering. Amen? So remember that. So there, there are means and there are ends in this life. If we go through the motions and we do all these things without a goal in mind, then we lose track. I, I like to tell my clients, if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. Well, the whole aim in this place and what we're doing today is that all of us might together enter into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. And I'm excited about that. All right, so the New Testament record was written to bring us into fellowship with the Godhead. So it's not just into Jesus. Jesus died for us and when we, and when we have salvation in him, but it's also that we would have fellowship with the triune God. So God is God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. In 1 John 1.3, it says, We proclaim to you that what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with God the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is Christ's Spirit inbreathed in us when we get saved. So we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit in the world today. He lives inside of us through the Spirit of Christ within us that we might look like Jesus we commune with the Son as we identify with his cross, with his death, and his, and his resurrection. And then all of that is to lead us back into fellowship with God the Father himself. Isn't that beautiful? See, God had fellowship with himself before, before he asked us to have fellowship. God never does anything, I mean, never asks us to do anything without first doing it himself. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they were communing in eternity in heaven together. They were, they were having relationship. They were having things in common. They were talking with each other. And one day they said, what if we created the universe? What if we created the world? And then Jesus came out and he made that proclamation like we did this morning and said, let there be light. And today we're going to talk about the light. So if we're supposed to have fellowship with God himself, the triune God, let me explain what this means. This means that he created us and then we sinned, right? Adam sinned, we fell, and God said we have a problem. The whole reason why I created these people, the whole reason why they exist is that I might have more fellowship with myself and with them. I, I, I don't want to keep this to myself. I don't want to keep it within myself. I made someone in my own image that I might be able to have more fellowship, more communion, more communication with another being that I have created, but they have fallen from me. They have fallen away. So what do we do? God didn't freak out and say, oh, Jesus, Adam sinned, now what are we going to do? No, he said, Jesus, are you willing to go and become one of them? <laughs> I'm going to cry, but are you willing to go become one of them and bring them back to me? Because the only way this thing will work is if I have a perfect vessel, and the only thing perfect left over that's made in my image is you, Jesus, because you were born in eternity. You were born in God and of God through me. You're the evidence you're, you're the preeminence, and you are the manifested form of the Godhead. So I need you to go. I need you to become a human. I need you to give up the rights of God, and I need you to buy them back for me. Now let me talk about what redemption is. It's buying someone back. It's reconciliation. It's bringing them back to God, okay? 
And so it's almost like we were in the slave market. We were on the pedestals. You've seen the old pictures, the pedestals with the chains around our necks and around our ankles and around our hands, standing there for all to see, half naked or fully naked, deprived and and sick. And Jesus walks into the auditorium. He walks into the community center. And he says, as he pulls back his cloak, I choose to buy them. I will bring them back to my father. That's what God did. And it's time for us to have a greater revelation of what he did. He became like us. He became us that he might bring us back and buy us back and bring us back to the father in heaven forever. That's our destiny. That's our destiny. Now, you can tell I get a little passionate about things. I get a little animated, and that's why I have to have the podium. So for those of you, for those of you that have your paper Bible, if you would do something for me, if you would open up to 1 John, okay? Now, don't turn those pages too, too loudly because Pastor Rob might faint on the front row with that paper Bible, just saying. So, um, okay, let's turn to 1 John. You can follow up here. I'm going to read you a, a, a big block of scripture, okay? I want you to hear this. I don't want you to just hear me. This is God himself speaking, okay? We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself has revealed to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves are actually seen and heard so that you might have fellowship with us. See that there? And our fellowship is with the Father, with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you might fully share our joy. This message is the message we have heard from Jesus. And now declare to you, God is light And there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we, and you got to underline if and cross it and circle it. If we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Isn't that awesome? Can I get an amen today? I'll help you this morning. Do you see how this thing isn't automatic? There's a relationship here, isn't there? That was just described to us. If we do this, then he will do that. He has done this, so if we do this, then he will do that. Do you see how this works? It's not just we just show up. No, we have to do something here, folks. We have to confess something. David said, if I believe, so therefore I have spoken, right? That's what David said. I will speak what I say, all right? I will speak what I say, and I will speak what I believe, and I will show you in my actions what I believe. Even when I mess up, David, remember, he messed up really badly with, with Bathsheba, and he came, and he, he, I believe, fell on the floor on his face for a week repenting in sackcloth and ashes. Think about that. He stayed on the floor. Come on, people. I don't want to get too churchy in here this morning, but if you stay on the floor for a week, there are a lot of bodily things that happen. Just saying. All right? This is a man that's completely trying to humble himself. He's saying, God, I would rather die than have broken fellowship with you. That's what David was in essence saying. And I'm so sorry for the way that I've sinned. I've murdered a man I've taken his wife, I've, ha- I've gotten her pregnant, and now I've ashamed- I am ashamed of myself and I've shamed you. But God, I am confessing to you today. If I confess, I know that you will make me whole again. I know that you will cleanse me and you will keep me clean if I humble myself before you and I come back and I fear you, God. I want you more than I want life itself. Do you see how it works? Even in the Old Testament. Isn't that amazing? So this is what God is asking us to do today. He wants us to walk in the light. That's the whole key to this whole thing. And we can talk about a lot of different things in Scripture, but there are two ways of living, living in the light or living in darkness. And we have to choose on a daily basis to walk in that light. Poor Jenny, I've already gotten off the outline, haven't I? (laughs) So let's throw this up there. Fullness of joy results from fullness of the fellowship with God and each other. I want to be real clear about something. We can't have fellowship with God by ourselves. That's it. Not fully. We can commune with God. We can have our prayer closet. 
It can be an us thing with me and him. That's what Jesus did. He brought us back that we wouldn't have to go through another person. We go through Jesus. But we can't do it on our own. Not fully. We have to have other believers to help us along in this ride. Now, Pastor Rob, I, wish, I, you know, I almost want to bring you up here so you could describe a little bit of what Zach Davis used to be like 12 years ago. I wasn't too fun to be around, was I? So It's okay. You can say it. I, I wasn't very fun, guys. I was very legalistic. I was trying to do this Christian thing in my own strength. And you know, when you try to be holy in your own strength, oh, it's like taking symbols and clanging it like that. It's horrible. Oh, it makes everybody, God saved my children from having a young dad. That's all I'm saying. Poor Megan. Anyway, but God said, I'm going to let them have children later so that Zach can get this out of We can't, we can't, guys, we can't have holiness in our own strength. I tried, trust me. Ask Pastor Rob. Ask my wife. I tried. I made a good go of it, didn't I, Angie? But you know what? I ended up having a lot of condemnation because I always felt like something was wrong. And that was evidence in how many times I asked, <laughs> I asked our wonderful pastors if I was okay in various forms. But guys, we're only okay in God. We're not okay in our own strength. We're okay in Jesus, right? If, 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 circle if, we walk in the light, then we have fellowship with God. Now that fellowship can only happen through the strength of the Holy Spirit. That's why God gives us the Holy Spirit, because we can't do it on our own, all right? So it's us and the Holy Spirit first, and we focus on God, and then God says, guess what? <laughs> I'm not going to keep it this way. It's not just us anymore. I want my whole family to be in fellowship. And so we come into this place today, and we're having fellowship with the Scripture. We're having some doctrine. We're having some Bible teaching and some training. But I want you guys to see that we come in a common agreement. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. It means sharing and having something in common. And our koinonia, our fellowship with God, is based on our fellowship with Jesus first. That's why we can only have true fellowship with believers, okay? So some of us in this auditorium today are spending too much time living like the world, unfortunately, and you're missing out. That's why you don't feel like you have any life inside. That's why you're craving another movie to watch. Trust me, I've been there. I've been so hurt that I had, all I could do is sit comatose on the couch and watch movies at night for two years. I've been so hurt inside, and I know how that feels. Other people use alcohol. Other people use drugs. Other people gossip. Other people um, uh, do other things out in the community that, that try to fill the void. But guess what? The only void, and the only way that you can fill that void is through Jesus and through having fellowship with him. But here's what happens to a lot of people, and this is where I was a few years ago. I got to the point to where the movies and the TV shows weren't really working anymore because there's always another movie, right? And you get used to the stories and the plot lines, and it's just not quite getting me there anymore. So I started fellowship with God again, thank God, and putting more time into that. And then God said, I need you to love people and not be afraid of being hurt again. And so when we come in this place, we have to give our hurts to God. Because if we don't, then that jades our ability to have relationship with his people. And if we have jaded ability with our people around us, with the people around us, then that means our relationship with God is jaded. You see what I'm saying this morning? It's getting quiet. So it's easy to hide in service, isn't it? We can walk in, we can sit down, we can stand up, we can sit down, we can stand up, and we can leave. And guess what? Have we had any fellowship with anybody? No. Let's, let's face the facts, folks. In today's modern-day culture, we can turn on the television and watch a great, great service right there. So why are we here together? Because there's a corporate unity. You know what God says? God says, I will show up if you come together. If just two of you are there, I will come. Notice that the promise says there has to be at least two, right? And he doesn't mean just you and the Holy Spirit. He means you, the Holy Spirit, and somebody else. The cord of three strands can't be broken, right? Triune God. I'm a triune God. So here's how it works. We have God himself. We have us. And we have all of the people around us. There's the triune thing. Isn't that amazing? I think it's amazing. So here's the beautiful thing. We get over our hurts, we get over our pains, because they're going to come, and we have fellowship with other people. We grow spiritually. There are a few, a few people in here, you're hurting already, you're thinking about, well, this person did that, this person did this, and I just don't know if I can trust people again. Well, guess what? If you're willing to take a step and trust one other person, then God says, I'm going to show up in that agreement, and then he's going to grow you. Some of you haven't grown for years. Some people have just come in, they've sat down, they've stood up, they've sat down, they've stood up, and they've left, 
for 20 years and they haven't chosen to grow because they haven't forgiven somebody. Pastor Bob talked about that last week. So today I ask you, I challenge you, because you see you can't have fellowship with God if you don't have fellowship with the other believers. That's the main thing I want you to see this morning. Because one day, we're all going to be in fellowship for eternity. Congratulations, you get to have me for eternity. Yes! That's right. I was getting a little heavy there. I had to give you guys something else. So here's the thing. We got to be together forever. So folks, if we can't work it out down here, we got big problems. Because they're going to be up there. All right? And we need to make sure that we can have fellowship with each other. There are three main things and eternal features with the Godhead. There's fatherhood. There's headship. And there's fellowship. These things never change, ever. God will always be a father. He's not a mother. He's not a mother. He's a father. He will always be a father, and that will never change. God is masculine. He's a head, he has headship. Jesus is the supreme king, the supreme master. He's Lord over all, and he will always be that way, no matter what. And God will always have fellowship with himself. The amazing thing is, is he allows us through Jesus Christ to have fellowship with him. Amen. So fullness of joy results from fullness of fellowship with God and each other. Notice that John said in 1 John there, we are writing these things so that you might fully share our joy. You see what John's saying? Look, we have joy. We want you to have joy. Isn't that cool? He said, I don't want to take it all for myself. I want to pass this thing on. I want to I show God out. I want to move it out to you guys. Just like a good elder, that's what shepherds are supposed to do. And so we can't have fellowship with each other without having fellowship with God first, but then we can't have the quality of fellowship with God without having fellowship with each other. Another verse, one of my favorite verses says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, remember what I said, if two or more are gathered, there will I be. If we have fullness of joy in that presence of God, then sickness can't stay there, offense can't stay there, unforgiveness can't stay there, hurt feelings can't stay there, depression can't stay there, and the list goes on and on. Shame doesn't stay there. You see that? So this is how much we need each other. I need you. Dorothy, I need you. I need you, sweetheart. I need you. I can't do this without you. Nick, I need you, man. By the way, my, my friend Nick's here today. He's a visitor. He, he's my physical trainer, so if I'm looking a little more buff this morning, it's because of him. So let's give Nick a hand. So... Um, <laughs> Thanks for being here this morning, Nick. Yeah. All right. So let's bring this back for a minute. Remember what I said? You either live in the light or you live in darkness. You can't have one foot in darkness and one foot in the light. It's not possible. God says, I won't be mocked. You got to live like me. You have to do it like me. And you say, well, I'm trying, Zach. I'm trying. Well, guess what? You don't have to try in your own strength. God gives you grace. He puts it inside. He gives you the power to live in the light no matter what. Isn't that awesome? Come on. You guys aren't getting excited enough this morning. You don't have to do it in your own strength, folks. You don't have to check off a box. You don't have to get a list of silly rules and check it all off. Trust me because I tried that. And my list went from five rules. Wake up in the morning at five in the morning, pray for an hour, then read my Bible or read a spiritual book for another 30 minutes. Get up, watch Joyce Meyer in the morning, get my wife out of bed even though she's completely sleepy. And I'm one of those irritating people that's right up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Amen. And so, and do all that every day. And then I feel okay by the time I go to work. And when I go to work, I make sure I don't gossip about anybody. Okay, check that off my list. Okay, I make sure I say hi to everybody. Okay, check that off my, off my list. I go to work on time. I leave on time. Check it off my list. I'm okay. Okay. I got all that. Who's tired? Oh, I got, I got to come down here. That's a, that's a good high five. Man. High five. Yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to get to. Do you guys see how exhausting that is? It's exhausting. Then that's how we live, guys. Legalism, God doesn't like legalism. That's legalism. It's following a list of silly rules. It's the Old Testament law. It's the same thing all over again. It's just, guess what happens? My list of five rules turned into a list of ten rules. Guys, I wasn't, this had, I had no plan to say any of this about legalism this morning. But that rule list, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you fall into the weight of it. And God delivered me, guys. He delivered me of those rules. And he'll deliver you of those rules. If we have fellowship with God and fellowship with his people, you know what happens? You don't do it anyway. You don't do the sinful things. The list gets checked off automatically because Jesus already fulfilled all the requirements of the law. Are you guys feeling relief this morning? If you can get this, 
it'll change the way that you live forever. Because I guarantee you up in heaven, God is not going to give us a list of silly rules. He's going to let us have unending fellowship with him face to face. All of us. Only God could do that. And he does it through, our, through his spirit. Poor Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate you. Continual, don't look at me, sweetheart. I know you've been crying. <laughs> continual walking in the light produces continual fellowship and continual cleansing. Let's throw up 1 John 1.7. If you don't remember one verse this morning of all these verses I'm quoting, I want you to remember this. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, but if, you see if? If we are living in the light as God is in the light, then, notice if then, see it? If then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. God has made no promise to cleanse any sin or to give fellowship unless we walk in the light. Now, this isn't condemnation I'm preaching here. God has given us grace, the power to walk in that light. We just have to come before him, confess our sin, humble ourselves, declare his lordship, and then he endues us with his Holy Spirit's presence to give us the power to walk in that life. But here's the thing. We have to do something. We have to live in the light. So today, I'm sure, I'm sure half this place, if not all of it, is already thinking of things that you need to remove from your life. And frankly, much of it is probably TV and movies, music. The devil works through those things, guys. And I don't want to get too heavy. But the devil works through that, and it shifts our thinking, right? And we need to be careful. I'm not saying you can't. I like a good movie. I like those Avenger movies. Those are good movies. Make me feel like a superhero, especially since I don't look like one. So, um, so I, okay, so I'm not, I'm not preaching rules here. I'm not. But guys, we need to spend more time with God than we do finding fulfillment in the other things. Now, notice how I said that. It doesn't mean if I watch a two-hour movie and i got to spend two hours with God. That's legalism, right? It means that I don't draw my passion, my desire, and my strength from those things. I've done it, and it is dry. It's boring, and it won't fulfill us. I'm coming, by the way. <laughs> when we come to the light, guys, in John 1, 8, and 9, it says, If we claim we have no sin, we are fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive them and to cleanse us from all wickedness. I think that goes without any more saying. Our reaction to the light determines our destiny. In John 3, 19 through 21, it says, And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, that's Jesus, but people loved the darkness more than the light. See that? That's why he, they killed him. This Jesus guy, he's tearing some stuff up. He's casting some demons out of people. I, I don't know about this person. I mean, he's, he's chucking tables over in the temple in the middle of us you know, doing sacrifices and what we're supposed to do. That's what the law says. And he's just throwing everything on end. He's whipping people with whips. He's, he's speaking against the Pharisees. And he's not catering to the normal culture. Jesus, he wasn't a rebel, but he was a renegade in the sense that he bucked the culture. He shook things up. Here's the other thing. I want to say this. He surrounded himself by godly women. Do you know how controversial that alone was for Jesus? That's just one thing, and we could keep going on. And what the, the most amazing thing about that is, is now today you see all these women rising up and doing things for God. And I think that's awesome. And Jesus was the first one to validate that. All right. Oh, I'm going to have to fly. Okay, so fellowship is the brook, the stream, where stones are made smooth for the Lord's sling. Okay? So in a stream, the water's running, right? Now, how many of you guys have ever skipped stones before? Oh, just about everybody. You know how you get a, you get a smooth one, right? Is it a heavy one? Is it a jagged one? No, it's a smooth one. And a lot of times they're flat, right? So you can skim it across the water. 
Let me show you. You'll never forget this. And this isn't from me. This is from Dr. Derek Prince. He said, fellowship is like the stones at the bottom of the stream being jostled around together, knocking off the chips, knocking off the hard places, making things smooth. And then the washing of the water comes over them to help the process. Do you see that? So here we go. The washing of the water is the word of God. Who's the word of God? Somebody say it. Jesus. Fellowship with Jesus, right? But then, who are all those other stones in there? People. You. So we have Jesus washing us, right? And making us, here we go. Someone's going to get a revelation this morning. Making us knock things off of each other. Now, do you think the stones feel really great whenever that happens? No. But guys, when we have fellowship with each other, you remember when Jesus says, it's impossible that offenses won't come? You know, that's just an old way of saying, it's going to happen. Right? Modern day vernacular. Offenses are going to come. That, next time you you have an offense come or somebody bothers you or uh, offends you or hurts you, and they're a Christian... I want you to start jumping up and down because you're getting knocked. You're getting more smooth. You're, you're becoming more like Jesus and more of the water is washing over you. You're flattening out so you can skip across life without pain, without suffering inside anymore. Now, the suffering can come from outside, but on the inside, you have strength because you're growing and, the, and you're being knocked together with other people to be refined, to be made smooth, and to get the jagged edges off. Someone's getting a revelation this morning. One more example. Church is the prescribed soil. What do I mean by that? When a seed goes in the ground, what happens to the earth? It compacts. Why does the earth compact when the seed goes inside the ground? So the seed might break open. Okay, so the pressures you feel at church sometimes, Pastor Bob didn't look at me today, Pastor Bob sniffed in my vicinity and it didn't make me very happy, Um, I'm really being facetious, Um, all these little things, that's the pressure of God, allowing you to have situations to grow, to stretch you so that you might bloom where you're planted. So you know what the devil's going to do? He's going to do absolutely everything he can do through that process to get you to skip town. Absolutely everything. I I don't have time this morning, but he literally, the devil, literally did almost everything he could do to get me to skip town. And you know what? It didn't work. Angie and I prayed together. We we pulled some money out of our 401k plan, and we sowed a giant seed back in the church and said, I don't care how hurt I am. I don't care what's happened to me. I don't care what I feel like I've lost. I'm going to go on with God, and I'm going to stay planted no matter what. All right, let's watch the next video. I've got to wrap up in a minute. Hello, church family. I am so excited about the small groups. Uh, They'll be coming up September 6th, and my wife and I were just involved in one during the summer, and it just allowed us to get to know people better, to pray together, get into the Word, just allow God to move through us, and just so excited about what He's doing. If you're not involved, I encourage you, church, get involved. Uh, Just allow God to work through you. Get close to people, grow in Him. So very excited about what He's doing. And I was involved in the one Jerry was involved in. And it's just really neat seeing how the Holy Spirit moves through everybody and how He brings out the gifts in each one of us and we come together as the body of Christ. And then we're able to impact the world even more. So I enjoyed getting to know everybody and the friendships you develop, just like family. It's wonderful. Thank you. Let's give them a hand. All right, I just got to say, whose small group were y'all in? I'm just saying. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Look, I love doing small groups, guys. Um, I'm so used to preaching and teaching in small group format. But I, I want to say this. We do small groups because the early church did. So Acts 2.46 says, they worshiped together 
at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You see what happened? They met together. They did life together. And then who added? God added. Sometimes we feel like we have to do witnessing in our own strength too. But you know what? If we would just spend time together outside of just this service, then guess what? That community will become infectious in our, in our midst and we'll invite other people to come. And then they'll see the community. As people are, de- are they're deprived of it, they're sucked dry of it, they've been turning on that TV too much, they're doing other things, Facebook, uh, Internet, they're trying to find life in that stuff and it's not happening. They crave it, but they're afraid because they've been hurt by other people. Folks, our job is to grow strong in spirit inside so that we can draw other people into the fellowship of God with us. And that's why we do small groups. So we want to be a church. Our church vision is to be a church of small groups, not merely with small groups. All right? And notice that God says if we meet together like we are today and outside of church in small groups, then he will add to us more people. He will do it. All right? And spiritual birth is the evidence of true fellowship. Notice that in the Godhead that Jesus was born in the Godhead, that birth came. Well, it's the same way with us. If we want more converts, if we want more born-again Christians, then we need to meet together because through that, God will bring increase. All right, I'm wrapping up. So there are four basic activities of New Testament Christianity. There's teaching. That's what we're doing today. There's fellowship. That's what we do in our small groups. It's when we have meetings as leaders and eat together. We eat together, including the Lord's Supper, and we have prayer. Folks, if one of those elements is missing in our church life, then we're not getting the full scope. We're missing out. We're not growing. We're not having everything that God wants for us. And I'm sure uh, Brother Jerry would love more people to pray with him. Right, Jerry? Amen. All right, so here's the final thing. Small group objections. So you might be sitting here, that's great, Zach. You're a happy person. I've never seen you not happy. Trust me, I've not been happy before. Just ask pastors Rob and Sean. Right, they're, they're not in their heads. So it's not very happy when I'm not happy either because I'm happy most of the time. So when I'm mad... It's really bad, so anyway. Um, so trust, there's two things that people say to me. Zach, I don't trust, and I don't have time. We've already covered the trust thing, right? We've already seen we've got to be one of those stones knocking against other people, knocking off the offenses, off the sore spots, off the rough spots. We need to have that. But then we also, we also need to make the time. I know I've harped on TV a lot, <laughs> and I watch my share. I'm sorry, guys, but it is just a time waster I I looked it up. The average American watches five hours of TV a day. I'm still trying to figure out how on earth that's possible. That's why people are sleep deprived. I really really think that's it. Now, among Christians, I believe it's actually lower. But but it's five hours of TV a day. If you're over 65, the average is seven hours of TV a day. Now, I guarantee they're not putting five hours into the Bible or five hours into spiritual fellowship or seven hours... And so what happens is we get slanted in with the world, and that's what creates so much of the fear that we have. I work with retirees, and they watch that news all the time. What does the news do, guys? It preys upon our, one of our most basic things, fear, right? We got to turn it off, and we need to spend more time with each other doing those activities. All right, final thought. This is the final final. True. It's a preacher problem. Final thought. Who wants to know how to prosper? Come on. Prosperity gospel. Come on. We're going to preach it this morning. Prosperity gospel. Charismatic church. All right? Here's the thing. Um, Psalm 92, 12, and 15. Let's read this together. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Those who are planted... In the house of the Lord, those that become that seed, that become one of the stones, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall shall flourish in the courts of their God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. So if you're 80-something and you're 90-something, you can still do things for God. They shall be fresh and flourishing. It's hard to say. Fresh and flourishing. So say, I want to smell fresh. Okay, never mind. Anyway, so I wanna, I wanna, they will be fl- fresh and flourishing, 
to declare, here's the reason, to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Thank you so much for listening this morning. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. I want to say one last thing. I almost forgot. But guys, I want you to know how much I appreciate this man and this man and this man and this woman. Folks, they epitomize what this means. Folks, I wish you could understand the small fraction of what they do for us. The small fraction. And I want to say thank you for putting up with me all of these years. So I was rough, guys. I was trying to do it in my own strength. I was full of demons and old past things and insecurities, but I want to say thank you for all you do for this house. What a pleasure it is to be here, to have you as our pastors. And I would not be the man, Angie would not be the woman that we are today without you. Can we give them a... Pre- yeah. Amen. And let's stand up, guys. Come on, let's give them a hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank what you, a Lord. privilege. Amen. What a privilege. Hallelujah. How can we see that? You know, when Zach got delivered, uh, several of us got delivered. It's, it's kind of hard to be religious around. Anybody's been in youth ministry, it's hard to be religious. I mean, <laughs> kind of country territory. But uh, so thankful for, for Zach and, and Angie and their heart passion for the house and for small groups, and it will change your life. So get involved. Uh, Ellie and I just the other day went out to eat, ran into a couple we hadn't seen in 10 years, but we did a small group at their home, <clears throat> and uh, they called us up on the 10 years. It was like we just immediately right back with them, and uh, it's something supernatural that happened. So Please get involved, sign up, go to the tables, make time for God. That's what you're doing, is making time for God. Um, I want to mention uh, a couple things. One thing is uh, our Cub Scout troop. How many call, we're, we're starting some Cub Scouts. And uh, how many have heard anything in the news about the Boy Scouts? And some strange and crazy things have happened. And uh, just want to let you know that they have given approval to every sponsoring organization that we select who our scoutmaster is. Uh, it's, we have control. And so we are continuing our, our Boy Scouts. We're adding Cub Scouts. And I want you to know they're in good hands because Paul Dykhouse, uh, where's Paul? He's back there talking to the kids about Cub Scouts. He's in trouble. No, there. Paul is um, a man of God, and I appreciate his heart so much for kids and, and these boys. It's a great program. I was in the uh, Boy Scouts. He's an Eagle Scout, always an Eagle Scout. Once an Eagle, always an Eagle. And uh, Mike Womack. Uh, I mean, these are two of the finest guys you can meet. And uh, they love our kids. And, and it's a ministry to them. It's a ministry of this house that we're reaching these, these boys. And we have a, a program, God and Country, that we were able to take, take them through and really give them the gospel. So I believe that the boys matter. And we're for them. And we, we are not going to have... Uh, homosexual leaders uh, for our Boy Scouts. We're not going to have same-sex marriages here. Uh, I talked about this earlier, but we're going to stick with the Bible. We believe the Bible. Uh, we don't believe... We don't believe that God made a mistake and there's a revision that we believe it's one man and one woman. That is, that is marriage. But at the same time, we're not against any group. Uh, a person sent me uh, a video clip the other day of ISIS throwing off homosexuals off a huge building to their death. It was one that it gutted me when I saw it. It was so horrifying. How many saw that? Yeah, it just 
completely broke my heart. You know, God loves every person, and we're people of love, and we're out to win them. So uh, that's our heart, but at the same time, we're going to keep the integrity of God's Word. God's Word is absolute truth. God didn't make a mistake. There are no revisions. We're sticking with truth. At the same time, we can love people. Amen? So we're expanding, and uh, I'm excited about the Cub Scouts. We'll get uh, some Cub Scouts going and continue the good work that's already been started. It'll funnel people into our Boy Scouts. So grateful to Paul and, and Mike and, um, and all that they do. My, my grandson Aaron is in the Boy Scouts, and he just has a great time. And uh, I pray for our, our leaders since Aaron's there. Uh, <laughs> I love Aaron. I love Aaron. Don't everybody's going, oh. But you know, uh, it, it's it's great for our boys to be with other men of God besides the family, and just be challenged and be uh, mentored and and coached by those that love the Lord. So. Uh, Paul and Mike, stand up. We need to give them a hand and thank them for what they do. They're clapping for each other. You know, I love team. <laughs> and Stacy and Carmen uh, for putting up with the guys. Uh, we just need to. <laughs> yeah, let's give them a hand. <laughs> Well, <clears throat> I want you to uh, bow your heads for just a moment. We want to give an opportunity for you to be a part of God's family. You know, first of all, that, that fellowship that we heard, it, it begins with Jesus. And you need to be a part of His family. He loves you so much. He demonstrated it at the cross. And He loves you so much that he gave us life for every bad thought, for every sin, every place in your life that you're guilty. He took it for you. So today I want to give you an opportunity. If I was to ask you, why would God accept you in heaven? Your answer is very important. You might say, well, I hope I would go to heaven. But the Bible, there's no place in the Bible that says you get there because you hope so. That won't get you in the kingdom. Won't get you into heaven. You say, well, I believe in God. Well, the devil believes in God. He's not going to heaven. So, well, I was raised in a Christian home. There's no place in the Bible it says because you were raised in a Christian home, you're going to heaven. Well, I was, Pastor, you got to understand, I was a leader in the last church I went to. There's no place in the Bible says because you're a leader in the church that you're going to heaven. And I want to love you enough and honor you enough to tell you the truth. If that's your response is you're not going to make it. You're not going. The only response is this. Jesus plainly told us in John chapter 3. He said you must be born again. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to summarize it for you. It means that you give God all your heart and all your life. You have a relationship with Him. You live for Him. You follow Him. That's what gets you into heaven. And I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision. In just a moment, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and we're going to pray together. Maybe you prayed this before, but you know you're not walking in the light. You've broken that fellowship. You're, you are walking according to the world in darkness. That's a dangerous place. God wants you to come home to Him. So I want you to get in on this prayer too. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. For either one of these right now, just lift your hand, lift it up high. No one looking around say, that's me. I want prayer today. I want to get right with God. I've got to have Him in my life. Let's lift it up. Thank you, Jesus. 
somebody's heart's beat, beating fast, you know you're not in relationship with him, just go ahead and lift your hand. Just go ahead and receive him. Let's pray together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus Christ. I commit my life. I lay down my life. I call him my Lord. I surrender. And I'll follow you, Lord, with all my heart and all my life. And I receive, because of your grace and mercy, I receive eternal life. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the death and the debt you paid. In my behalf, I proclaim it. I declare it from my heart that Jesus is my Lord. And God, you raised him from the dead. Thank you for saving me. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this life. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. We worship you. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.